sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. two weeks has been a little sprinkling of extra. A little extra. Mm-hmm. A little sasson. They put two shots in my cocktail. Oh. oh. And I don't understand what I did. Was it bottom, sh- bottom shelf liquor? <sighs> that's what I... That's why what would you insult me like that? I mean, you know, when they're doing too much and it's, it's not good, it must be bottom shelf. You had to blow the dust off the bottle. Was it plastic? Not open bar teas. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Skull? Steering. You know, not bottom shelf. I mean, no. No, not quite bottom shelf liquor. No. Okay. More like, he got me a motherfucking vodka and cranberry, and the vodka is like beneath bottom shelf. It's like from the basement. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That that gallon bottle is about $5. Ain't nobody got time for that. Anywho, welcome to a social experiment gone wrong, better known as Who Raised You Hoes. I am your host, Lene. This week I'll be going by Light Skin Leaf. Nope. <laughs> I was not prepared. <laughs> <laughs> I was not prepared. Oh my god, and I'm your co host, Marlon. This week I'm going to be Big Booty Belinda. Big booty Belinda. That's what we're doing. Oh week. my god. That's not, right. not with the hip, no shape on the hip, so it's just wobbling it's everywhere. It's just ass everywhere. Shit. That's right. It's natural though. Two kids or three? Three. Damn. That's right. That's a lot of hip. That's right. That's a lot of hip. And welcome kids. Welcome kids. Um, y'all know how we start things around here. We're doing for the review. Before we get into our recap of Insecure, mm-hmm. what else have you been watching? Uh, I have been watching the Pazaraz. Of course. It's Definitely everything. I haven't watched episode three yet. I haven't watched episode three yet either. I, I heard, I heard things. The things are going on in episode things three. Things that, she, um, she finally comes out, um, and tells her friends. My wig! I can't. I'm not prepared. Yeah, she finally is going to tell her friends what's um, going on. Yeah, so been watching the Pazaraz. I've been on my nerd geekdom, and I've been watching... The Seven Deadly Sins anime, which I think I'm almost done with, but I've heard that there's a movie, so I need to find the movie. Okay. Um, Come on now. Take your time, David and I have been watching Lock and Key, but we postponed it because we don't want to end the season too soon. It just came out. Did watch Big Mouth. <laughs> I need to watch it again, though. I do too. I need to watch it again because it was kind of a it was a background noise kind of watch, and it went really quick. But there were some very funny moments, mm-hmm. and that's about it for me. 
I have started to watch Southside on HBO Max. Don't know what that is, but okay. Funny, the show is actually based in Chicago. So my friend is in that show. Really? Two of my friends are in that show. I really? Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. Pretty. Pretty decent. I'll say. By the time we got to season two, the jokes were a little bit better. I'm like, it was for me. Season one was a bit slower. Mm-hmm. So I finally got into season two, and yes, okay. Okay. I finally caught up to twenties on BET. I don't know. Lena Waif. In the words of my guy, I can't remember his name right now. Black women. (laughs) My guy, how do you take a story about three women from three different backgrounds and make the story just so interesting? Which I know. 20s is loosely based off of her life. It's like kind of like her biopic almost a little oh, bit. Okay. But because the main character looks like Lena Waithe before, like after the dreads and everything. Uh, okay. Um, but the weird part is in the show is this because the main character is a stud, mm-hmm. and I guess the woman that like one of the women that have like an attraction to her is like an in between. If you girls don't know what an in-between is, in-between is, like, kind of, like, the gay version of verse. So it's good. Yeah, like a soft stud. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she's giving those vibes, but she doesn't know how to say it. I'm like, no, she wants to say it so bad, but she can't. Mm-hmm. I've never even heard of the show. 20s is so good. The, whoever is done, doing the cinematography for the season, they're doing a fucking number. Okay. Because it's screaming Insecure-esque. However, the lighting is a little bit different. Like, I like how on Hattie, the main character, on her face, they had one scene, like, one of the episodes from the season, and it was, like, a red light. Mm-hmm. But it bounced off of her skin so well. Nice. I'm like, I love it. I'm like, y'all did assignments and research. Then you got one woman that um believes her husband gets down, and he kind of confirms it in the last episode that I saw that he's bisexual. He mm-hmm. comes out. And he had a flame with one of his friends, but it was the only dude he had ever been with. That sounds like a whole lot of mess, child. But the even the lighting when they were having that conversation, they were by like a they were in a pool, mind you, this LA. Mm-hmm. So they have like the light the ball lights mm-hmm. in the pool and then they have like flowers surrounding it and it's like a full moon in the background. Mm-hmm. I'm like, who did this and why are y'all making me so stand out for the way y'all shoot this shit? I love it. Oh my god. Yes. Um, I've been doing yeah, Southside twenties. I of course caught up to this week's insecure. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh Jesus, we yeah. finally won. We mm. finally won. We Woo. finally won, y'all. We finally won. Team Bathing. We finally won. I don't reserve your commentary. Reserve it. Reserve it. Okay. Cause the way this table's gonna turn, you're gonna live. Okay. So, let's get started with my questions. So, if you guys are not familiar here, I have a group on Facebook where I take the questions from that I ask within the group and I bring them on here. So, I've only condensed it to five this week. Okay. So, let's get into it. Knowing where we st- where we left off with Nathan and Issa, what would you have done to get past the awkwardness of seeing that person again? I would have, instead of waiting to bring it up, 
I would have just like nipped it in the bud right away mm-hmm. because Issa being Issa, <laughs> just like <laughs> making it hella awkward for no reason at all. Like, girl, you already got all these fifis and stuff walking into the situation. You're already doubting yourself. You're already putting yourself under the bus, and then you walk up to him, and then all of that just comes out in awkward Issa fashion. And we all sitting here looking, twiddling our thumbs, and cringing together. Molly was visibly cringing. Like, (laughs) you could have easily just walked up like... Molly was visibly cringing. Like, it looked almost like that embarrassing moment when your moms walk up to the school, but your moms intentionally decides to embarrass you. Yeah. So they might wear something that might that's considered house clothes or a little too loose just to embarrass you. <laughs> With no bra. Oh my gosh. <laughs> my mother would die. Because I would I would have such a problem. I'm like, so we just decided to walk out the house. And no not bra care. and that and that t shirt or t shirt or gown that's like thirteen years old. So the fabric is just Thin. I have the I'm like I have the number on speed dial. What's look? What's the number? Uh-uh. The nursing home's uh-huh. number. Yes. The way you going right now? <laughs> but yeah, it was just I would have just nipped it in the bud. Like walked up, said hi, and been like, "Yo, can I highlight you real quick?" And just put them to the side, get it off my chest. I feel like that conversation should have happened before she went to this event because. It was so cringy watching her try to make like normal conversation in the beginning yeah. with him. I'm like, Issa, no, you But you know, Issa, like, so he just texting me. We ain't really talking. Other, she's not gonna push the issue. She's too busy trying to walk around and act like nothing ever happened, knowing that something happened. Girl, you started crying as the man was kissing you. <sighs> he got a taste of your tears. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder and she just knew they were salty. That's all she knew. She knew they were salty. That's all she knew. So, do you believe Mo- that Molly has gained a better sense of self? I believe that she's really getting there. Mm-hmm. I-, I can see her getting there. She's getting a little bit more comfortable in her own skin and redirecting the things that she used to do. Like, I feel like she's pacing herself, taking her time, and giving herself some grace, child. Like, okay, we're here, we're good, we've done some reflections. And taking our time with jumping back into shit that we usually do, mm-hmm. pacing ourselves. We're gonna do it. We're gonna do it. And I love like how she is really like leaning into her friendship again and kind of like asking for advice from Issa. And I know every time she asks Issa for advice or like ask her opinion on it, Issa's like, "You want to know what I think? Like, bitch. Okay, well, do your thing. You know, I think that's pretty cool." So. I think she has, even with um her and these foreign men that mm-hmm. are like competing for her attention. Show. Listen, first of all, we ain't gonna get to Ike right now, okay? That's just. A, I'm sorry, y'all. He's just fine. Oh, uh, he all right. I know who you liked. Yeah. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, he's more my speed. Jason I'm sorry that when he did that when they were trying to get into the club, he was like, mm-hmm. Jason. I was like, I cried. So I cried. What are we doing here? Okay. So and also before I get to the next question, I would love to shout out everyone that also, just like me, does not know how to play spades. Shout out to us. 
It is a real family around here. Y'all ain't about to jump me a pop shit while I'm trying to play a fucking game. Y'all well, got me fucked up. You know, we're not about to teach you in the middle of the party either. This is not the time. You got to do that on downtime. And when exactly is downtime to learn when to play space? A time that is not a social event where other space players are present. You got to come in knowing how to play. It ain't time to teach. No, you're go- if I want to come into the space game, you're going to teach me. No, you're going to learn how, and then when a space game I'm gonna is take- offered, then you play. But we're not going to sit down and you be reneging and doing all this dumb shit in the middle of the game. I do what I want. It's not gonna, no. I do what I want. You, you're not doing what you want because you're not at the table. I'm gonna, we're going to exactly. be partners. Exactly. We're going to be partners. It will be after a very, very <laughs> vigorous training. Very vigorous. You're going to be my partner? Yeah. Mm-hmm. After training. No. We're, yes. We're going to rough it. No. We're gonna... <laughs> you will roughly walk away from the table. Not at all. You're going to teach me. Absolutely. So, again, shout out. Fuck not. Shout out to everyone that doesn't know how to play spades. Shout out to y'all. I was once one of those people, so it's okay. To hell with him right now. <laughs> Next question. Do you agree with Arik and Old Boy's point of view um, as to why Issa felt comfortable with crying in front of him? And meaning Nathan. And what are your thoughts on Nathan's stance on Issa? <sighs> okay, so here's the thing. Um, <laughs> their stance on Nathan... Not their stance on him. What is your stance? Like, remember, Nathan took it as a... Let me interrupt you before you give your answer. Nathan took it, of course, as a thing where he didn't know how to process what happened. Mm -hmm. Then they told him, if you remember the car scene, it was just the fellas. Right. If maybe it's something deeper than what you're trying to perceive it as. She, there has to be something there. She felt comfortable enough to cry in front of you. Mm -hmm. I mean, I only cried in front of one nigga. And that's because he caused it. I'm just going to say that. I mean, well, the thing is, is that if we're being honest about Nathan and his growth up to this point, especially when it comes to emotion, being emotionally intelligent and aware, him doing his own self-work that he did, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, then yes, I get that from them. It makes sense. Absolutely. Uh now, with that being said, Nathan's take on Issa, I felt was kind of, nigga, you? Really? At two? You? Mm-mm. You? Mm-mm. You do not have Mm-mm. the space or yes, the bandwidth. Does. Yes, he does. To be yes, like, nah, Y'all not going to hold that whole ghosting situation over his head. And I'm going to tell y'all why. No, I'm not. See, uh-uh. Wait, pause. Back up three feet. This, I'm not doing that. What I'm saying is, is that he was once in a space where he was all over the place as well. Ghosting aside. Nigga, you just jumped on the emotionally intelligent train. Don't try to like. He's me- he's medicated. It's a difference between the two. <gasps> when you have some now, if he was all over the place, right, mm-hmm. and Issa is now in the same space, he found the problem and got medicated. So what exactly are you trying to say about Issa? Is are you trying to say that she might have a mental disability and we just don't know it yet? It's very possible. Issa clearly deals with high levels of anxiety. Hi. So it is not far fetched for her to be dealing with when, something mentally. When she wanted to know if she was, if he was sleeping with the chick from the shop, like, come on now. 
I, I, I cringed a little bit. I'm like, you already know what that's about. Because my, and my thing is, the reason why I say this is that I feel like Nathan owed her a little bit more grace than he gave her for something that was so very isolated. It's not like she's been doing this forever. She hasn't, but I want you to look at the pattern. Let me actually add up the sequence of events here for you. After Nathan did come back, explain what every what happens with everything. I'm follow me here. So yeah, because apparently you need a lesson. No, I know. I get it. Do you, I get do it? You, yeah. let, let's go down. Let's came go down. back. Uh huh. From the ghosting situation, yes. then she welcomed him back, but then turned around mm. and left him mm. for Lawrence. <laughs> Completely ghosted the whole situation. Absolutely, I get that. And, then mm-hmm. dropped Lawrence mm-hmm. and now got back in Nathan's face. Mm-hmm. So now she's back mm. and then the crying in the mouth thing happened. Mm-hmm. So yes, there's a lot going on. And yes, for all intents and purposes, she is all over the place. She is. I didn't think he was wrong in saying it because he told a God honest truth. And what I like when watching the wind down, they were saying they wanted to get his tape on everything because we always would just see him in the moment we never got his authentic feelings as to how he felt about the situation right so it was the first time we actually heard how he felt about what was going on we got that with lawrence because he goes around chad and Derek. (laughs) bad chad Uh fucking badass chad but we don't have that now we have that with arik and old boy i love saying his name like this friend that's back. Okay. Anywho, y'all gonna leave me alone about Eddie. Okay. <laughs> a mess. Eddie. See how I roll easily off the phone? It doesn't, but okay. Eddie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Was Nathan's cousin wrong for not being up front with him? No. I don't think so. Interesting. Please explain. I don't think so. I think that we don't know the length of time that. The living situation with him and his cousin was going on, but for someone that is, for number one, two people that were unaware of Nathan's mental conditions and one person being in the thick of it, being Nathan, and being manic and not even knowing what's going on, and then his cousin witnessing this and not knowing what's going on and not having language for it. I think that he just didn't know how to react. Was it fucked up? Absolutely. But I don't I can't call it wrong because there are lots of people that are not intelligent about mental health issues or anything like that that end up taking this route. So and and like I'm thinking, do we say okay, well, he should have done a little bit more research and tried to find out what was going on with Nathan when Nathan wasn't even able to articulate for himself, much less somebody else, what he was going through? Do we fault him for not knowing? Because his feelings are still valid. Facts are facts, America. Did neither one of them know what was going on at the moment? So he reacted the way that he thought was best, and he did it with his wife. Now, the way they con- concocted this whole situation of I'm no longer comfortable, I'm going to ask him to leave, but I'm going to tell him that it's you to soften the blow, eh, that was kind of shysty. But all in all, can I fault him for it? Eh, not really. 
Mm. I still think it's wrong. Uh huh. Right. Why? When it depends on your connection with someone, I'll say that. Because whether you have the actual intelligence to know enough about mental illnesses, Mm -hmm. that is not on question here. But it's apparent something is off Mm -hmm. with him. Though, yes, as a grown man, it's still not your job to decipher exactly what's wrong with that grown man. In the same sense, I'm looking at you a little side-eyed, like, exactly why? Did you not just be upfront like, yo, I don't feel really comfortable with you being here right now. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a lot of things going on and I have a whole home to protect. Yeah. You let your wife be the scapegoat. And then, not to mention, she doesn't make it any better. No, she doesn't. And, I mean, I did say my Twitter handle was, like, light skin leaf. She's uh, like, and then when she said it in the show, she's like, you know, he'd be all over the place. Like a little light skin leaf. I'm like, What? A mess. A mess. I cried. Yeah. I was like, wait, why? Like, I'm not defending their decision because it was still wrong. You, If you love somebody, then you have to figure it out. But you don't have to, but you would at least put forth the effort to try. You but owe them again, that much. I, I mean, you don't owe them that. But if you love someone, one would think that you would. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But even on top of all that, I also understand the flip side to that coin where if you're thinking from a perspective as a couple with kids and you're inviting someone into your home that's family and family is acting strange and it's making you uncomfortable and you don't know how to address it or don't know what to do about the situation. And then us knowing that Nathan didn't even know what the fuck was going on at that time. So... If he would have asked Nathan what was going on, he wouldn't have gotten an answer. You know, I'm going to (laughs) stand where I stand. That's fine. Because, you know, I don't believe you would do this. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Anyway, facts are facts. You're not going to talk to me in such a way. It is what it is. What? You heard me. Don't be scowling at me. Don't be mad. You ask these questions to agree with you. You ask these questions to get my perspective, yes? Both. All right, then. Both. I'm not gonna Both agree. of them. I'm not going to agree Both with you. Both of them. We are what? Both. This is episode what? Three? Uh-huh. We have not agreed across Four. all of these. Four. We have not agreed across all of these yet. So, I don't know what you expected. But that's not what this is about. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, you feel a little sassy today. There's no wig. There's no wig there. Whatever. Anywho, will Issa and Nathan work? No. Nope. Not at all. I see this a mile away. This is a bump. But as soon as they kissed, the timer was started right away. And I'm just waiting for Lawrence to return. And it's going to be some bullshit all over again. Because the reality of the matter is that Issa don't know what the fuck she want right now. The only thing she know right now is she wants somebody in her bed to hold her through all the bullshit she's going through. But Nathan will do for now, but it's not going to last. I was happy because, you know, my guy finally got the girl. Mm-hmm. I was happy because, you know, y'all know I've been seeing Nathan since Fresh Light. Yeah. Like since that episode of season and season four, three, mm-hmm. since Fresh Light, I've been seeing Nathan. Mm-hmm. But 
knowing what I know and hearing her say it is two different things. Mm-hmm. Man said that Issa's going out with a bang. I've already called this, and I can put my predictions out there for the rest of this season, and y'all ain't going to like me when I'm finished. Here's how the season's going to go, and this is an exclusive. No one knows how I'm going to say this. Issa is going to cheat on Nathan with Lawrence. Yeah. It's going to happen. She's not done with him. It's apparent she's not done with him. I personally feel as if there's a certain lighting, if you pay attention, Remember the lighting when Issa broke up with Lawrence. Mm -hmm. Remember the lighting when she decided to go a step further with Nathan. Mm -hmm. The same exact glow. True. I want you to pay attention. (laughs) The the cards are aligning around this happening. It's going to happen. This is a disaster. As much as we want it to be with just her and Nathan, it's going to be a disaster. Then... Molly's going to call her out on it. Hmm. Molly's going to call her out on it. It's going to bring another issue in their friendship. Wow. Hmm. Something's going to happen with Kelly. Yeah. Something something major is going to happen with Kelly. We're not going to see it coming. It's just going to happen. And I believe either Derek and Tiffany are going to break up or Tiffany's going to get pregnant again. Boom. Well. (laughs) (laughs) One or two things are going to happen because we never got enough of what happened with the two of them. It's always a mystery. That's what I'm saying. Either they'll have another baby or they might separate. I just see it coming. It's all a mess. But she also did specify. She said after episode four is when shit starts to really change. Yeah, I know. So, it's coming. I don't, did you see the preview for the next episode? I did not. So the next episode, something happens to Molly's mom. Oh, we shit. they're in the hospital waiting room. Oh, that's shit. What I said. I, no, <sighs> you gotta like inside the episode. If you guys are on HBO Max, inside the episode, underneath because it's not included with it anymore. They have. A recap, a forward for the next episode, and then the wind down. Mm-hmm. It's all you always gotta scroll a little bit further down and you see these things. But yes, girl, that is my predictions for the season. I could be wrong. Gladly, I'll accept it. But the one thing that I know I'm pretty right about is the fact that East is gonna fuck around with Lawrence again. And I think this time around, Lawrence might actually fight to get her back. Might just might. just might. He might get it right because Lawrence is known to fuck up some shit. <laughs> So, he might fight. Who knows? We gonna see. It's gonna be worth my $15 a month. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, we turned off the TV because y'all gotta go to the bathroom and guess what? We gotta get up. White and flush. Come on now, get up. White and flush. It's time to scroll on. Get up. White and flush. And wash those nasty ass hands. Under your fingernails too. Get under there. And we can smell if you didn't use the hand soap either. Mm. Nasty ass. <laughs> Anywho, um, scroll on it is a little bit light this week. Okay. And I made it that way because, you know, insecure and I have one story in here that's going to take up the rest of my segment. Mm-hmm. So, let's get started to the things. Stronger than yesterday. Oh. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Britney Spears has finally won her freedom. She is free. 
Yes, a judge rules to end Britney Spears' conservatorship. Uh, I did pull the story up from CNN. The only details that they are giving right now is that there's a safety net in place for the, for the singer's finances and personal care. As well as the next court date that she's scheduled to be there is December 8th and, Jan- and January 19th when a petition for substituted judgment will be discussed according to the judge. Hmm. So basically it's ending, but it still has to go through the legalities of a formally ending is what I'm assuming. So I'm trying to figure out what's going to happen once everything ends. Is she going to get like, she's got some back pain involved. Is this like this, this is what, but I believe I did read somewhere that they advised her that she might have to go after her father. Like legally, legally to get some of that money back because my God, if you did not watch any of the Britney Spears documentaries, Ooh, when I tell you that conservatorship did a number, yeah. and I don't care what any of you children say, the elite stand base is the Britney army. Do you want to know why I said they're elite? They got their fave out of a legal situation. Hello? If they did not continue for years... To get online and say that this is wrong. They're controlling Britney. We need to look into this. This is wrong. She deserves to have her voice. She needs her freedom. It was her fans that pushed for this to become a thing. Yeah. Absolutely. And I hope that she get everything she deserves. All that money. All that She need all her coins. Give it all back to her. She's been silenced for so long. We need Britney back. Yeah. One of the few white women we'll cape for. There you go. I just... I just... Brittany, I know. Please take like three, four, five years off travel. She put just one more. Just give me one more. She already said that she definitely would do another album, but she said it's not top priority. Yeah, of course not. No, I don't. I don't even want her to think about it right now. Mm-hmm. But if she gonna give us one more, I'll be very happy with just one more because this last one gonna be bomb, child. And then she can ride that one off into the sunset. Literally. So the rest from here is a bit of a pit slide downfall, if you will. Um, it's, it's a lot going on right now. It's a lot. It's a lot going on for the rest of this. It's going to be some things discussed. So, let's get into the things. So, recently, someone decided to make a statement in regards to why they haven't appeared in certain films. Hmm. Take a while, guys. I, I have no idea, Joe. Chris Tucker. Now, if you guys do not remember, Chris Tucker has been essential to the Friday franchise since the since his first film. Right. But if you remember, he was only in the first film. Well, Chris Tucker recently decided to answer the question that all fans of Friday, the Friday film franchise, have been dying to know. Why won't you come back? Mm-hmm. And well, he had quite an interesting answer. Let's listen. One of the reasons why I didn't do the second one because of the weed. Because I said, man, that movie became a phenomenon. I want everybody. I don't want everybody smoking weed. And I never really told people this because I kind of forgot about it. But it was yeah. one of the reasons why I didn't do it because I said, I don't want to represent you know, everybody smoking weed. I kind of made it more personal than a movie. And that's one of the reasons why I said, nah, I didn't want to keep doing that character. Okay. And it probably was good for me because it kept me moving you know, to the next phase, the next movies. But that was one of the reasons. I, I said I didn't want to be the get everybody smoking weed high in the world. So nah, I don't want to. So there's your explanation. <sighs> mm. 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 
we have to also keep in mind this is back in the nineties, and this is if you guys are familiar with how the war on drugs was portrayed to people. The last thing you wanted to do was at that time smoke weed. Remember Nancy Reagan, this is your brain. And this is your brain on drugs. Be that as it may. That movie became a cult classic and made so much money. Still made and so much money. For all intents and purposes, they were still smoking in the next couple of movies. And Ice Cube went on to do so much more that had nothing to do with weed. So, while I understand your moral standards on it for yourself, it's like, child, you okay, I guess? It's the, it's the character. What can you do about the character? I mean, and you made, you acted your ass off. You made him a staple character for this film. It wouldn't be anything without you. People still look at you and reference smoking. It's your most iconic role. You you didn't get away from it as well. I'm, it's like what what did you you already put your stamp on it? That movie was already out. And give the fans a proper exit. Like go on, say you know I stopped smoking because niggas actually do stop smoking. Yeah. Just say I stopped smoking. I did doing something different. Yeah, I mean, if you were concerned about that, then it's nothing to have like a press conference afterwards and be like hey you know i know i play this person on this movie or whatever but that's not really my life i don't really smoke like that and i encourage you not to what the band but to be like oh um i didn't take this role for the second time because i didn't want everybody to be smoking because your impact on society didn't stop people from smoking weed it really didn't and mind you, most of the people that back in that time was like so like you shouldn't be smoking weed. Those are the main people with blunts to their mouth face right now. Like I'm really confused. Or building their own dispensaries or any of those. Like not for nothing, sir. You you kind of missing your bag because Smokey is a great representative for. Though this is off topic. Still free all those men that y'all still got locked yeah, up hello. on weed charges. Hello, we ain't even gonna get into all that. That's just. That's another topic for another Ooh. time. But yeah, that, that, I guess. I guess. <laughs> you move from one iconic character to the next. Like, you stop being smoky, but then we saw you in Rush Hour. And you basically, basically became like the comedic relief to Jackie Chan. Which is, you were comedic relief to begin with. Only difference the was... kept going. The only difference was your character in Rush Hour didn't smoke. And like, then you went from becoming a sidekick to being a main character. Like, yes. And even with that, if you want to be technical, had he never left Friday, he would have been one of the main characters. Child, I, I guess. Listen, if you like it, I love it, sir. I mean, bless. I think he did become religious after he did. everything ended. So I understand how that completely go against it. It's fine. But I'm sure Q would be like, you do understand you could take the role and not have to actually smoke weed. I'm... I mean, I just just so we're understanding, because as a fan, I just want Smokey one last time. <laughs> I, I need it for it's, my for nostalgic purposes. I, it, it better happen. It's not to hell with that. Can, I've been nice long enough. You can wrap that up no. in a weed cloud and blow away because it's not gonna happen. Ooh, what kind of weed? See here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Move along. <laughs> 
Well, um, it seems Ashanti is making headlines. She recently went to go visit Angie Martinez. Okay. And I don't know if you know, but she jumped on the re-record train. So, if you guys are unfamiliar with the re-record train, it mainly got polarized from Taylor Swift when, if you guys, to recap, basically, Taylor Swift does not own the masters to her staple albums. They're owned by her former management Mm -hmm. and they are not trying to release them to her. So what she did was re-record them to give her re-control of the masters. Mm -hmm. A lot of artists are now doing it. If you guys remember, JoJo did it for her first two albums before Black Round decided to release them, even though she sees more money from the re-record now. Mm -hmm. So, Ashanti had announced plans a while back to re-record her first album. We all know how we felt about it. We're talking about vocals when Ashanti first came out versus vocals of today. Mm-hmm. So she went on Angie Martinez to say the following. So what, what is the thinking behind doing uh, redoing the album as opposed to like just doing a new album? Like? The thinking behind that is showing the business side of ownership and how important it is to own. And then once I re-record the first album... You own it. Exactly. So everything purchased, like when that goes, everything purchased from that moment, I own. You're about to get a big bag. (laughs) Well, there's someone that does not feel the same as she does. And his name is Irv Gotti. So Irv Gotti decided to put out a rebuttal, and he responded to Angie Martinez. Now, this is a bit lengthy, but hey, here we are. I'm going to read it verbatim. At Angie Martinez, just for super clarity, I own all those great Ashanti albums, Angie. I own the masters, and I produce all those great Ashanti albums. So, I also own a good portion of the publishing. What she is trying to do is re-record all those great records and put them out on her label. She can do this under the cover laws, but she's basically trying to fuck me out of the masters and make people decide which album to listen to or stream. Hoping her loyal fans will choose her version, but hey, I stand on the magic that it was created, and I and I still excuse me. I want to see her duplicate that magic. It's fucked up, really, but such is life. Tells coming to the top of the year, Supreme Team movie and production twenty twenty. Blah blah blah. He's going into promoting himself. So a random person on Instagram had replied, "Let's hope they're produced the same. It's not easy. It's not as easy as you think." So he replied back to the user, exactly me, Chink, and Seven, meaning Seven Relius, did our thing with her albums. I want to see what her version sounds like. If it matches the magic we made, will be interesting. Okay, so here's the thing. So, (laughs) (laughs) why is it... Why would you... Why would you consider it fucked up if you already made your money from it and you're not trying to release the masters to her and she was the artist? Because without her, you wouldn't have been able to make these albums. Mm-hmm. So why is it kind of fucked up that she is trying to get the rights to her music back if you're not trying to give them to her? Oh, oh. At one point, allegedly, Irv was. But Ashanti decided to go down and give her two cents on something that he was legally in trouble for. And she was about to, and he was about to gift her the Masters to her album. 
so now she's trying to go around Earth by re-recording the album. Well, I guess... Now, I did read something on That Great Juice where they're about to actually make the laws for cover albums or material a little bit stricter. So, girls, have your fun. They're about to be strict on it. Yeah. It's coming. Sooner than you think. Now, let's go to mind-numbing, shall we? (laughs) This is going to close it out because this is a little bit layered. Um... You know, we just recently spoke about someone that was not uncancelled by the by the game. <laughs> oh God. Jesus why So last week we dealt with Summer Walker reliving her traumatic experience with her child's father with her still over it album. Mm-hmm. And of course we all know Summer Walker had a nice little Bullet in the chamber aimed at her daughter's father. Well, this week we got a taste of what the ghetto really looks like opposed to hearing it. So, the baby, excuse me, I'm being too formal here. The toddler uh, has a child with pop, R&B, Urban, whatever you want to label her as. Singer, Danny Lay. Excuse me, let me get that right. Yellow bonus, buddy, one. Anywho. Uh, yes, right? We're going there today. So, it here's how it all started. It started with a live that came from the infant's Instagram. Mm-hmm. And apparently they were having a little bit of a baby mama, baby daddy lover squabble. Mm-hmm. So, I'm going to play the infant first, I believe. Do I have the infant? Did I care enough to get the original argument? Did I? No. So, what happens is they're arguing, saying he's saying that she needs to leave. She's there feeding their daughter. He's, like, kind of, like, lightly hitting her with the pillow. She's trying to grab the phone from him. He's sitting there saying that she's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. And all these different things. So things go a step further. Next thing we know, the next live we see is the police arriving to the residence to remove Miss Yellowbone USA from the premises. The infant is going on and saying this is some Hollywood shit. Don't believe everything. And that was it for that night. Well, you thought the drama was over. Well, kids, it's not. It's, I, I'm not even done yet. So the next day, the fetus decides to go back onto his Instagram and do the following. I go get everything, you know, everything, anything baby could possibly have, I go get it. I sit it up at the penthouse down here in the city, but I'm making clear that I make this is the day uh-huh. after. Who's that? I'm making it end up. And shout is not my girl. I ain't never been my girl. It's my side. 
Chicken, fresh lettuce, three cheeses. What's Miss, going on with this shit? Miss Yellowbone USA was charged with sexual assault following incident with the baby on Instagram Live. This is coming from the shade room. Things between Danny Lay and the baby are getting bad, for, are going from bad to worse as the ongoing drama plays out online. According to Rolling Stone, a rep from the Char- uh, from Charlotte Police Department confirmed two incidents and that charges were filed after the officers arrived on the scene last night around 11.59 p.m. Upon arrival, officers responded to a domestic assault call after the baby claimed Danny Lay, born Danielle Cruel, assaulted him. Assaulted him how? Reports also state, oh, also state officers advised the... Magarator's office to pursue charges against Danny. In a statement, officer said, as a result of the investigation, Cruel was served with a criminal summons for a simple assault. Officers also obtained additional information that led to the to led them to charge Cruel with a second count of simple assault from the incident on November fourteenth. Are you really? Are you ready for the rest? Because there's more. Uh, what? I can't. I can't. What the? There's more. It's all right. It's okay. It's not. So, one of the baby mamas. Listen, 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 listen. (laughs) This is fucking stupid. I said I needed a minute to tell the rest of this. Oh my god, I just want it to be over. Thank you, Keisha Cole. What the fuck else? You said thank you, Keisha Cole. Yes, because what? So, one of the. This is all about to make sense, and I'm gonna drive it home. And it's gonna. Honestly, a light bulb's gonna go off in your head. I need you to look at me as I say the next part. So. His daughter, I believe, the one that you see him with a lot online. Mm-hmm. Her, if I'm not mistaken, her mother is Mimi. Mm-hmm. Mimi went on live and actually gave a little bit of clarity as to what really happened. It makes a lot of sense. Mimi said, basically, that there is a code that they have amongst the mothers. If their child is there, none of the other mothers are allowed to be there. It's basically to one to protect the child, two like it, it's just it sounds weird, but it makes sense. So, at the time where all this happened, he had his door other daughter with him. But here's the realty. Apparently, sis knew that this was already how things were gonna go, and you decided to defy it because you don't understand you got with a man that has multiple children by different women like did you really like i don't understand women will have and men too let's not even try act like we don't we'll have a bunch of red flags for a person and still run to them like we're running a marathon 
even though we know that it's not good for us in any way, shape, or form. We'll still run to them. We'll fight for them. We'll argue and look stupid in the whole time we being fucking played. I'm short circuiting y'all. What the so? It's a lot to process. I know. So because his child from a baby prim- mama number one, two or three, don't know because he got like four kids. I think because because. That child was in the house. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, then mm-hmm. Danny shouldn't have been there. Mm-hmm. But she was there. It's to not confuse the children. First of all, it makes perfect sense. No, it makes sense when you sit back and look at it. Because you're not getting it. When you sit back and look at it. If this person is not supposed to be permanent around. If that's not someone that you're with. Why are they there consistently? Though, yes, they had your baby. So why was she there? If 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 there was oh, a... apparently she had been living there for either three to six months. So what happened in them three to six months? Did your kids just not come around? Apparently she understood this before. I don't care. I don't care. Straight people are stupid. I don't care. <laughs> it's fucking dumb. None of that makes sense. None of that makes sense. You're not gonna make it make sense. None of that makes fucking sense. I've been living here for three to six months. Now all of a sudden you having a hissy fit because I'm there because the the other child is at the house. So now I'm supposed to leave my place of residence. Then where am I supposed to go if I live here? I'm when you try to make sense out of nonsense, you go crazy. I'm not doing this. I'm done. I that's heterosexuality is just dumb. Fucking that all that is stupid. First of all, let's Stupid. let's be clear. This is what happens is apparently y'all really just think that you can have children with any person in America. Sweetheart. And then what the fuck do you mean it's gonna confuse the kids? They all know that they're not by the same fucking parent. What do you mean? They all know that they don't have the same mother. What are you confusing them with? And he ain't with none of the baby mamas, so where's the confusion? I There's mean, no confusion. That's fucking dumb. He's still fucked on all of them if I'm not mistaken. I'm done frying my brain. I don't want to talk about this anymore. It is so dumb. Oh, it is so dumb. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> I feel like I'm on a fucking acid trip. Are you fucking... We gotta move on. We gotta move on. We need to refill cups. I think I might actually need a drink now. I think I might need one. All right, y'all. Is that... Are, are we done scrolling? Please tell me where I'm done scrolling. Because I don't want to talk about this stupid shit anymore. This is fucking dumb. This shit is below remedial. This is nah, sir. Nah. Alright. Cut the cameras. Deadass. Let's move on. We gotta go. Alright, we're gonna refill the cups and come back, y'all, because I'm not doing this shit. No. 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 Cut the tapes. That's it. I'm moving back from the table. Cut it. Cut that shit. All right. While we refill our cups, and Marlon comes down off of a triggered trip. I can't get that time in my life back. (laughs) Marlon, I have to stop laughing now. Listen. (laughs) I can't get it back. But while he's triggered, I think he's also triggered at the fact that we haven't received any more listener letters. I need y'all to save me from this dumb shit. So please send me. 
listening to letters make me smile with joy because if I have to deal with shit like that again, I swear I'm going to crack. It's not going to be right. <laughs> Send in your listener letters to askwryhpodcast at gmail.com. Save me from the misery of dumb straight people with money. Please. Please. I need it in my life. I, I'd rather be talking about some gay shit. I really would. Or straight shit that's not dumb like that. Something. Please. Give us guidance. I know you're listening. Please. Oh, and if you have like really interesting things like music or a business or things that you would like to promote, we do those things as well. And yes, you can we send do. those very mm-hmm. serious inquiries that have nothing to do with fraud of any kind to yes. wryhpodcast at gmail.com. Once again, serious inquiries about promotions, reviewed art, things of that nature. Send those to wryhpodcast at gmail.com, okay? Thank you. Now, let's get Marlon to calm down so we can get back into the show. Okay, we're back. Marlon is apparently calmed down. He smiles again. Big smiles. I'm happy again. Welcome. Yes. Okay, so anytime I'm going to trigger you, bring me, bring you anything that is just... We're not going to do that. No. Yeah, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Anyway, my water is boiling. I have several bay leaves and lots of lovely vegetables inside this pot. It's time to stir it. All right. So I, all are. I ask is, can I get some damn Kool Aid? If you want to tell me no. Okay. So this week, ladies and germs, we are gonna dig into some heavy stuff. Mm. Because I've been in my bag with a lot of very, uh, how do I put it, mind journeys this week. Yeah, social media has been giving me the think pieces and things to kind of chew on. Oh, no. And some stuff that I've been mulling over and then the internet, because she's always listening, just came out and said, hey, pay attention to this. It's here. Yes. So. Uh, first, we're going to jump right into it, and I'm going to say the category is body. We're going to talk about... Look at the way it's said. We're going to talk about how we relate to our bodies, body dysmorphia, adi, 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 and how it affects us in many, many different ways. So, I wanted to talk about this because... Hmm. The way that we consume things on social media, how it affects us and how we view our bodies, and the fact that a lot of us are dealing with body dysmorphia or distaste for how we look, no matter how big, small, or even muscular, uh, is not talked about enough. So I wanted us to go through these questions um, and really dive into this topic and let's chew on it and, and figure some shit out. Okay, come on. So... First question is, what would you consider the ideal body type on a man that you're attracted to? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. That's right. Uh-huh. I like my men. I like my men built thick. Mm-hmm. Okay. But it's something about the biceps. Okay. So we like arms, large arms. All right, pull it together. Come on. Oh, Lord. Oh, God. Uh-huh. It does something to me, y'all. Mm-hmm. It does. It does. Okay. It does. So, biceps. What the else? Biceps. Okay. The legs. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> mm. You are such a troll. 
Okay. Black men. Uh-huh. Black men. Okay. Oh. Okay, so you like large arms and large legs. Okay. Does it have to be a certain height? <clears throat> Why would you put me in the spot knowing that knowing my answer to this question? Uh, come up because I asked you a question and you have not given me all of it yet. What is your ideal body type on a man that you're trying to do? Get so faster. Oh my god. Um <laughs> gosh, you asked about height. Mm-hmm. Um how do I say this and not get cancelled? <laughs> Oh my god. Because I feel it coming. Why would you get canceled? Because I normally don't think men under 5'10. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we know. We've had this discussion before. I never said it on the show. Yes, you have. I did. Yes. So you want me to get canceled again? Nobody canceled you the first time. You're still here. <sighs> you see, this is what I be talking about. See, oh he always be trying to All do right, some y'all. shit while so we on the pod. Tall men that are over 5'9". Clearly he wants men taller than him. He's saying 5'9", 5'10", to be very generous. So you really need to be like six feet and higher for ideal body type for Lonnie. You won't answer, I'll answer for you. So, so my ideal body type for a man, I do love a thicker man. I love thick men. I always have and I always will. Can we, I've talked on the show before about how the term thick is a suggestive. Mm Mm-hmm. Why don't subjective? Excuse me. Why don't you get a little more descriptive in what your definition of thick is? I mean, well, the thick man that I like, I do love a man with a gut, um, a nice gut to butt ratio. Because I am an ass man, I do happen to love a lot of ass. Okay. Um, thick thighs, of course. Nice calves, arms to match. I like me a chunky man. I do. I love it a lot. So, with that being said. <clears throat> How does your ideal body type on the men that you're attracted to parallel to the body you live in right now? It's a little bit the same. Okay. It's a little the same. A little the same? Mm-hmm. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, okay, so you you like what you inhabit <clears throat> is what you're saying? Yes. Okay. All right. Um... <laughs> So, for me, the type of body that I appreciate, I can say, is the type of body that I aspire to have. Okay, talk about it. So, I find that the men that I am attracted (coughs) to, when we're talking ideal body types, and I'm not talking about, like, because, not for nothing, my, my boyfriend is not built in an ideal body type. He is still beautiful to me. But if we're talking ideal body types, he doesn't meet all those standards. But I know that men that I'm attracted to in a lustful type of manner, men that are like eye-catching, are men that are built in a way that I wish that I was built. Mm. Wow, so... Friend, did you just admit that you kind of go through body dysmorphia just as well? That's why we're here. Welcome. Yeah. So, when did you first realize, if at all... You lucky my true plant that is not near me right now. You say what? You lucky my true plant that is not near me right Whatever. now. Whatever. When did you first realize, if at all, that your body doesn't match what you feel is the standard of beauty? And how did that affect your life? I didn't know we would, that this pot was turning into therapy today. Uh, first of all, you never know what's going to be in this pot. So don't act brand new. I want to 
plead the fifth on that question? No, we're not doing that today. We are not escaping. That is not what this show is about. They come to listen to us. So get with it. Answer the question. Who the fuck is you clutching your teeth at? Who answered? Bitch, let me tell you something right the fuck See, near. y'all see the shit that I go through? Y'all let see what I go through? Let me tell you something right the fuck near. Y'all see what I go through? I asked you earlier this week. I said, do you want me to annoy you? <laughs> and you've already done it, so let's not. You sure? First of all. Are you sure? Ladies and gentlemen, if you would like to rewind back to my fucking mental meltdown <laughs> from the shit that he brought the fuck up. I think that he knew and understood the assignment. So spare me. What are you talking about? I would never do nothing like that to you. Did you first realize, if at all... Oh, God. Here we are again. ...that your body doesn't match what you feel is the standard of beauty, and how did that affect your life? Um, I mean, my hair's are voluptuous. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was looking up how to get a BBL, um, to move the the fat from the front to the back. Mm. Um, but then I had to think about it, like, then I would have to get my thighs sculpted. And, <clears throat> you know, I'm just not a fan. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. that's a hard realization to go through, to realize that your body type is not the ideal body type, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So... Your self-esteem is, of course, a self-thing. But when you get confident to go, let's say, after something or someone that you want, mm-hmm. and they reject you, and nine times out of ten, you know why someone rejected you, mm-hmm. without, even though they may not have said it, but you just know. <sighs> it's a sad realization. Mm-hmm. But when I realize that my body type is the ideal body type, I want to say when I kind of got body shamed by someone that was like a chubby chaser. Okay. And I'm like, hold up. Very interesting. Okay. Talk I was like, that. hold up. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> the sad part is like, we all have something on our bodies that we're self-conscious about. Right. We just won't say out loud what it is. Mm-hmm. And I'm just saying like, I find that utterly ironic that that's the one thing that you feel as if it's just a deal breaker for you. Right. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It'd be like that sometimes. And if I'm being transparent, me having a love for big boys the way that I do, not all big boys are attracted to me. Uh Because not all of them are shaped in the way that I would find desirable. Okay. Um... And I think it's, for me, it's fair because while I'm, while I like a certain type of man, not everybody in that category fits my facade of what I find attractive. Okay. Because I feel it's fair to be attractive to big men and not have to find every big man attractive. You see what I'm saying? Fair. So, and I've dated all types of big boys. (laughs) people that might see me with them be like hell and I'm like yeah you know what I mean so it just varies from time to time um for me 
I think that I first realized that my body didn't fit the standard beauty was probably in high school. And thinking about how back then, I and I started going through some body dysmorphia stuff at a very early age because I was pretty slim, but when I looked in the mirror, I did not see a slim guy. Mm. I've always seen fat on my body. Even at my smallest, I would still see a gut or a pudge or... Something like that. And y'all, I seen pictures of this man before he gained his grown man weight. That was skinny. Yeah. Pain. I was, I was, I, I had been <clears throat> slimmed out. I had been, I, cause I'm, I'm already like naturally solid thick because I get that from my dad. Cause my dad's side of the family is like really solid, especially the men. Um, but I, I, I've just, in high school, it, it kind of hit me because that's when, like, we're starting, we're going through puberty and we're maturing and all that other stuff. And not for nothing, we are at our ideal body type and tone around those times, most times. Unless we are, like, overweight. But I just noticed that I didn't look like the dudes that everybody else liked. I didn't have the big pecs. I didn't have the washboard abs. I didn't have fat ass. I didn't have, like, None of that. I don't know why her, oh, excuse me, why Jasmine Sullivan's um, A Girl Like Me is playing in my head right now. Sure. Um, but, well, fuck it, I can say it. I had a dude tell me before, like, my ass wasn't big enough for him. I'm like, hold up. Mm-hmm. So, you want basically a man shaped like a woman. Is what you want. Possibly. But do you have enough dick for that? (sighs) And therein lies the issue when it comes down to people that are pent up on big asses. Because as a person that is an ass man that appreciates a large ass, I always say to people, the cheeks are only the appetizer. If the hole ain't right, who the fuck cares? Furthermore, even if a person don't have a visibly big ass, whatever people deem is a nice ass, child, when you bend over and spread that thing, it's a totally different story anyway. So I don't I, I don't know where y'all get off, but whatever. Until you had dudes literally sitting here about to head out and then it's like, nah, let me get that again. Huh? Hello. You can't talk to me about, oh, it's not big enough, like, sir. <clears throat> it gets the job done. So, let's go to my next question. What has been your experience with people's reaction to your build? And I'm going to break it down into a couple of different categories. So, Please we'll start thank you. with friends. Thanksgiving is next week, right? Uh-huh. When you see me, my weight is not a greeting. Can we talk about that? My Acknowledging I've gained weight is not a greeting. I don't want you to look at that, okay? Mm. I don't want to talk about it. Yes. Shut the fuck up, because you gained a few um, quarantine pounds yourself. And mind you, let me also put forth <laughs> this little tidbit as well. Come on, man. Because I've had, 
Shout out to my baby, Ray. I love you. But this made me feel away. A couple of years ago, when I had gotten down to Slim Jim Thin, I went home oh, to Lord. visit. And <clears throat> my dad used to do this to me all the time. But I sat next to Ray, and they were like, wow, you've really gotten like really small. And I was like, well, thank you. And they were like, that wasn't a compliment. Oh. Wow. So part of the reason why I brought this conversation up is because the knee-jerk response is when we talk about body dysmorphia, we always knee-jerk go to people being bigger. But I wanted to give space for us to have a conversation about not only how we treat larger bodies, but how we treat all bodies. Because even smaller people, though it might be hard to believe according to societal beauty standards, they do experience some of the same shit. They do. You know? And that that thing sat down in me. I I felt a way about that. <laughs> I really did. I felt the way about that. That made me feel some kind of way. Because I was used to my dad. My dad, whenever I would get small, my dad used to be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why are you so small? Call you men are not small. Well, you supposed to be bigger. I got to feed you something. You got to eat. That's like, so imagine. I mean, I know that, I know that can feel self-conscious as hell. Yeah. I mean, so imagine me going through all that knowing that, because my, first of all, my father, when he had me, when he was 17, 18, that man, five, six, five, five, 210 pounds, solid muscle, 2% body fat. Oof. When I turned 16, I was not any of that. None of that. So I've always felt less than in my own body because I don't even look like my dad did. See, the funny part is, I've heard this from my father's side, is, oh, you, <clears throat> I'm built like my grandfather's side of the family. Mm-hmm. I'm like, really? Hmm. Interesting. He's like, yeah, because it explains why, like, majority of us are, like, built almost the same. Mm-hmm. Like, hmm. Interesting. That's all I could say to it is, interesting. Right. That's all I could give. Interesting. So what about your experience to... Family's reaction to your build. I kind of touched on mine. How about your family? I love my family dearly. Mm-hmm. But if they mention my weight, my weight one more time, I'm going to flip the table. I, <laughs> I'm going to flip it. I'm going to throw something across the table. I'm like, the next time y'all decide to ask me about my weight, remember this. Child. So that way you'll never fucking do it again. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, I, I went through that with my dad. Lightly with my mom from time to time. My mom, see, my mother, it was never really my pops. Mm-hmm. Like, my parents eventually later on got into the health kick, but it was more so my mom. Mm-hmm. I'm like, lady, <laughs> let's not have this argument. Right. You don't want to know the outcome to that argument. You don't want to see this. You don't, no. you don't, you won't like me when we're done. Listen. And I, I I respect you enough not to have that argument with you. <sighs> it's nuts. It's nuts. It's crazy. Um. So, let's go into this last question. Okay. 
So what are some of the ways you've learned to affirm your body? And how has that healed any past hurt you have been doing? Let me tell y'all, let me tell y'all something. <laughs> it's a prep talk y'all gotta give yourself in the morning, okay? Uh-huh. Okay, whenever you feeling down on your body, <laughs> you realize it's yours and God gave it to you as your power. Mm-hmm. So here's what you do. You take all the areas you feel insecure about. I want you to listen to me. This is for my big girls, my big boys. I feel like Monique right now. Mm-hmm. So you take your chest, because we all know if you're a big boy or a big girl, you got a chest. You grab that chest, you own it. I don't care if you look yourself in the mirror. You say, yes, bitch. You affirm your chest. Yes. I don't care if you got to grab your gut. Shake your gut. It does not matter. Say yes, bitch. It may not be it may be bigger than what I want it to be, but guess what? It's mine. And I still love it. I own it. I walk it in every motherfucking day. Mm. Then you grab your ass. Hello. Okay? You smack it if you need to. I don't care if you're naked. <laughs> naked is the best one, especially if you have body dysmorphia. Make it naked. Grab that ass. Smack mm. it. And they're like, oh yes, girl, my butt ain't only getting big, it's getting larger. <laughs> you have to affirm yourself sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it's also a part of self-love because we're taught so much to shame ourselves mm-hmm. or to look down on our bodies that you have to uplift yourself. That's right. All your imperfections, bitch. They make you who you are. It don't matter. Trust me. It's someone out there that motherfucking like Shut it. Up, bitch. I know somebody who like it. You are goddamn right about that. Okay? And trust where all the people were sitting here telling you that your body is a problem. Trust and believe there's someone there that's trying to make hell and high water to get to you. That's right. Learn it. It's your power. That's very, very true. Yes. Now, you grab yourself tomorrow. Grab yourself. Grab yourself. And love on it. That's right, damn it. (laughs) I don't care if you go... I don't care if you need a minute. Oh, 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 girl. I'll just do that a little bit. But yes, yes. So, I... Go ahead. That was a great closing to that conversation. (laughs) I I, I couldn't have said any of that better myself. (laughs) (laughs) So that takes us into my next topic. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about it. Oh Lord! I came across a video. The masculinity conversation is the only conversation in our world. To be masculine is to be the best, to be better. You know, we have gotten over women wearing pants. There was a time when women wearing pants was a problem. We got over that quick. Because a business suit is strong. A business suit is considered powerful. Pants are considered powerful. Dresses, femininity is not. So basically what you're saying and what we're saying, consciously and unconsciously, is to be masculine is better than being feminine. Being feminine is less than being masculine. And I don't care anymore, right? I lived my whole life never being masculine enough. I fought for years to be masculine enough, to be perceived as masculine enough so that I could eat. And I never was. So I stopped trying. And when I was trying to be masculine, I was broke and unemployed, bankrupt and unemployed. When I leaned into my truth and my authenticity, look at what's happened. 
Ladies and gentlemen, Auntie Billy Porter has spoken, and I want to talk about this conversation. I, I want to have this conversation about masculinity and its vice grip on the queer community. Now, we're going to start here. What have your struggles with masculinity been in your life? I mean, I I feel like right now, more than anything, we're at a we're at a point where I wish, as a community, we would start to just say fuck it and just do us, regardless. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, you have those people that still subscribe, so subscribe to heteronormatives, and everything has to be a certain way. Uh, on C. Billy, I have my reserved um, feelings about Auntie Billy, mm-hmm. but I'm going to put that to the side because this isn't, it's not a negative thing. It's just an observation that I've made and I'm going to put it aside to decipher his message. He's right. After... Everything is said and done. For some odd reason, the girls only move for masculinity, and especially within the black queer space, of you're only as marketable as as fuckable as you can sell yourself. Mm-hmm. So no one is going to accept you right away. And the only way that people are going to take to anything that you have to offer is if all of a sudden there's someone that's attractive after you are in something that you're promoting. And it's so fucking weird. So... I can be as feminine as the day is long. Mm-hmm. But the minute that there's something masculine attached to me is when all the attention comes. And it's weird. Mm. It's weird. And even in the dating space, you have men that authentically live as themselves. Right. They may not be completely fem- they may not be completely masculine. They could be in between. They could be completely feminine. Mm-hmm. A femme queen, a butch queen, trade, whatever may have you. But if it's not authentic, we can tell. And even in those spaces, people that are authentically themselves, they lose and it's sad. Mm-hmm. Because now you're sending a message that, oh, you shouldn't be yourself. You should only be masculine. Right. But I'm not understanding because people that are expressing themselves, regardless of how feminine it may look, them, they're the people that's getting the attention and it's weird. Yeah, it's. It's a really strange dynamic when it comes down to what gets quote-unquote attention and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. My struggles with masculinity have <laughs> plagued me my entire life because like many of our stories as gay men, mm-hmm. gay or queer men, we all have, m- most of us, I won't say all of us because I can't speak for everybody, but I know I had the issue of being perceived as a faggot. Little sissy boy. You're too soft. Mm. You know, I mm. didn't do the things that quote unquote boys do. do. I liked men's. I had posters of men's in my room. And see, I didn't even have that. It was just that I was into books and reading. I liked to draw. I liked dancing. All of those things were the antithesis of what, quote-unquote, boys were supposed to do. 
Did you play with Barbie dolls too? Girl? I did. I did. My favorite Barbie doll of my cousins yes. was Cash Patch Crimp and Curl. Yes. Okay. That was my best. Give me this time. I like how to frame on the Barbie doll. That was my bitch. Yes, I did play with Barbies with my cousin and all of those things, but those things always got me in trouble or into some bullshit with my peers. And it played out over my life in so many different ways that left me with this trauma of not being my whole self or code switching around people as I got older in life. And I feel that it's just really, it's always been unfair, but that's always been like my struggle with it. Well, that hits the birth of the Butch Queen. There you go. That's literally, what go. we just described is literally the birth of the Butch Queen. Mm-hmm. So what are some of your personal traits that have been perceived as feminine? My voice, I can't help it. Mm-hmm. I tried several tunes. I can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the fact of how I hold my hand out sometimes, you know, mm. I give a little zest when I feel like it, you know, you know, just, just, you know, just like, like when I feel like it mm-hmm. emphasis, when I feel like it, right. but yeah, those are a little bit of my feminist traits. Okay. Some things I say, yeah. you know, I get real in between to you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, well, like I said, some of my feminine traits have been. Um, being domestic. You are very domestic. I, I'm very domestic. Very domestic. I do. If you ever ran a maid service, I would pay you top dollar. <laughs> You're very domestic. Listen, I run a tight ship. I I enjoy the cooking and the cleaning, and I I tell people I know how to fold a fitted sheet properly. Not everybody knows how to do that. Um, all of that stuff. Has been he's a he's he is husband material. Listen, I be trying, I be trying. So, how do you think the rise of queer culture and embracing comfort and stereotypically feminine fashion traits, etc., affects society as a whole? That was deep. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I need you to run that back. Sure. So how do you think the rise of queer culture Mm -hmm. and embracing our comfort in stereotypically feminine fashion, traits, etc., being comfortable with all those things, how has it affected society as a whole? It hasn't. Really? It hasn't. Because you still can get shame, like, you know, we like to get our male John Mannequin. You still can get shame for just doing that. Right. Like, but the crazy part is someone that's quote unquote straight to the world can do the same thing and you would praise them for me. Why would you get your nails painted? Why would you do this at the third? Then you have people, you'll have someone like Billy Porter that will go into like a cover of a magazine and have on a dress or anything like that. Oh, he do. It's do that for attention. Da-da-da. He's expressing himself. But the minute Harry Styles decides to do it, y'all want to praise him. And here's the thing, because I want to bring up, I'm glad that you said that, because I want to talk about how, even if you are perceived, quote unquote, less masculine, Mm -hmm. you still get scrutiny, even though you are a straight man. Because I think about how, who is it that gets their nails done? I've seen people like 
I think it was Wiz Khalifa. Wiz, 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 Wiz got it done. Um, at one point, Snoop was getting his nails done too. Nobody said anything about them. Nobody. But Kid Cudi literally had solid colors on his nails. Solid colors, and not even design. And it was pretty, y'all. It, that that set was cute. That was a cute set. It was I a was cute set. I was jealous of that set. But I I think about how they tore him down, and then I realized that Kid Cudi had been ostracized for having mental health issues mm-hmm. and actually taking time away from the limelight to address those issues and then came back and began to express himself the way that he wanted. And that's, to them, a threat to masculinity and it's dumb to me. Can we please talk about this fragile-ass mascul- black masculinity that y'all hold so dear onto life with? Because y'all get on my damn nerves with that shit. They try to kill the black man. Black men have never been 100% masculine. Stop the lies. Go back. If I'm lying, go back to the motherfucking 70s. What was those men wearing in the fucking 70s? They were wearing fucking fitted shirts. They like fucking halter tops. What else were they wearing? Fucking bell bottoms. And what were the top? Fucking form fitting. So if a man had to ask, guess what? You saw it. And and even at times, you might have saw a dick prank. But ain't nobody say jack shit. Especially when the fucking Isley Brothers had a whole album cover where they were in fucking feminine ass clothes on an album cover. Rick James had a cop basically filling his ass. But we're protecting the masculinity of the black man. They trying to emasculate the black man. Y'all can still live your life. No one is stopping you. But let that person be who they are without you trying to police them being themselves. Exactly. Because that's exactly what it is. It's all fucked up. Black black men are under attack. No, they're not. The only thing that's under attack is the fact that you ain't paid your child support in over a year. The fuck? I'm not listening to that dumb shit no more. And I thank you. Black masculinity is under attack. The only thing that's under attack is your motherfucking credit score, bitch. <laughs> God damn it. I just... I want us to get to a space where we embrace the fact that we are all born of masculine and feminine energy because you have a mother and a father. Which means that those energies can flow and will flow any which way at any given time. Hello? And it doesn't have any bearings on sexuality or preferences, because those things can show up in straight men as well. It shows up a lot. A lot. A lot of y'all super straight men, and your desire to always be great in the eyes of your boys all the time is some real gay shit, and I want y'all to know that. Y'all worry more about impressing your boys than your actual girl. And that's that on that. Not the girl, no, we're not talking about oh, I'm just doing this, that, and the third. No. You're, take, you're fucking leasing out, not leasing, excuse me, renting cars. Maybe even have a little Airbnb just to flex for your boys to show them you still got it. <sighs> but you won't do half of that for your girl. The person that you're actually having sex with. That part. Just saying. It's, it's, it seems a little gay, yeah. I'm done stirring this pot. <clears throat> you, you sure today? I am. You sure? I am. I'm, you sure? I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop there because I feel like we've said more than enough. But, Ho Nation, I do want you all to weigh in on both of these topics in the DMs 
And be polite in the motherfucking DMs because I'm gonna tell you right now, <laughs> if y'all get disrespectful, I'm cursing bitches out and blocking left. We want to know what you guys think of both of these topics that we talked about and stirring the pot. Um, and before we go, we gotta know how to make you feel, friend. Oh Lord, and I got two this week. Oh Lord, that's two. The first one comes from five am dot texts underscore on IG, and it says. One conversation could fix so many things just by listening and being honest. But people always think you are trying to argue instead of trying to communicate. I mean, are you hostile as a person? I just want to know. <laughs> because people that are naturally hostile, they'll, everyone will think they're trying to argue instead of just communicating how they feel. Is hostility natural? You have some people that are on 10 all the time. But why? I feel like there's. Uh, I feel you like know, I feel like it's a coping mechanism. Yeah, it feels like there's something deeper than that. Because they know. live life on the edge. I mean, that must be high functioning anxiety. Because Ch- my God, I don't ever wish to know how that Can feels. You talk about it. I wish to never know how that feels. No, no, that's too much. Oh, and the next one, child, brace yourself. Oh God, I'm gonna close my eyes and imagine a good place. And because this one. This one took me, friend. And this one comes from my friends over at We The Urban. I just want y'all to know that I love y'all. Because, baby. I started following recently. Y'all be saying things. But this one, this one got me today. It says, I forgive myself Mm. for viewing someone's lack of reciprocation as a challenge to convince them of my worth. (laughs) One more time, you say? Sure, why not? I forgive myself for viewing someone's lack of reciprocation as a challenge to convince them of my worth. Hold on, shit. Because Lonnie is stuck right now. The Amen Corner has started. I want somebody to grab the collection plate. I need y'all to understand. This one right here. This one right here. Oh, shit. How often have we (laughs) been in situations, whether romantic, platonic, familial, simply wanted some some reciprocity from somebody? Something. Something. And you just get a brick wall as a response. Do you not understand? And your initial response is to try to convince them? We gotta stop that. We have to stop. Because that's not where it's at. That's that that just is not healthy. That is not what that means. No, I'm not about to sit here and fight you or make you show me how you feel. I'm not no. I'm no longer in my twenties. I'm not gonna fight you to know how you feel. I'm a bad bitch. I'm not committal. Nothing. <laughs> non motherfucking committal. Non committal. Let's be clear. I'm not about to try if you don't get it, then I could just I'm I just, can I could go. I'm gonna head out. I'm gonna leave. That's it. You can deal with this on your own. Stay here, say. I'm out. My I've already started the car. That's it. I'm leaving. That's it. I have nothing here of importance anyway. I am leaving. You ain't even got to sit there for the rest of it. If they don't get it, they don't get it. Bitch. Whew. All right, y'all. It has been a fun ride. Mm. 
It has been a fun ride. It's been it's been one hell of a show. Don't you dare forget to like, rate, comment, and subscribe. I mean, damn. To this podcast. What are y'all waiting on? We are doing the things. The things over here. Ask podcast at gmail.com for all of your listener letters, comments, questions, and concerns. Do that. Business inquiries. If you want us to review your music, your art, if you want us to promote your business. Mm-hmm. Holla at us over at wryhpodcast at gmail.com. But before we go, yes. Friend. Oh, Lord, I know where this is going. The whole nation don't know. Don't know what? That some things are coming. Oh, they don't. They have no idea. See, y'all think that we just be over here yelling at y'all every damn week. And we don't be working <laughs> on shit. But y'all don't know. Big things are going. Big things are going over here, baby. So we want y'all to stay tuned because we are we got some special shit coming within at least the next two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah, it's about the next two weeks. So if you want to know what's popping, you stay tuned. Yeah, it's gonna be in the next two weeks. Um, yeah, big thing. Mm. Mm. But until then, hoes, until next week. We'll see y'all. We'll holler at y'all. Bye bye. Bye. Bitch.